0: We're all waiting for Shohei Ohtani to make his decision. But beyond Ohtani, there's still some free agents available and some that could work for the Dodgers. We'll look at three candidates today and see if they fit for the Dodgers. So that's what's coming up. So let's get Locked On, Dodgers. You are Locked On, Dodgers. Your daily Los Angeles Dodgers
1: podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Yo, 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 Dodger fans, welcome to Locked On, Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. It's at FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. This is a daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue. You can find us wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube. All you got to do is search for Lockdown Dodgers. And if you want to become one of our favorite listeners, those are called the everydayers. All you have to do is listen or watch every day, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on audio podcast platforms, or whether on both, if you really want to be, you know, super into it. We can be found at all those places. Uh, if this is your first time listening to watching, I'm Vince Amperio, joined by my co-host, Jeff Snyder. And we are both Lifeline Dodgers fans that have covered the team in different capacities. One of those capacities being a Dodger podcast. Uh, we've done that for a while now. And we've done other things, writing about the Dodgers, uh, covering the Dodgers, press box, locker room, Camelback Ranch. We've done it all. And we're here to just bring you what we think is smart and uh, knowledgeable and hopefully some different thoughts and takes about the Dodgers than maybe you might have, or or maybe the same thoughts, and that's why you like us. Either way, uh, we're here to to have you listen about the Dodgers about 30 minutes every Monday through Friday. That's what we're going to do today. Uh, It was another quiet day, at least in the Dodgers world. Um, We have – I feel like since this is the first offseason with – Twitter and the new uh, verified and check po- check marks and all that—that that it's uh, again, a again a it's a feast out there for people wanting attention right now.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's uh, used to mean used to be that a blue check mark meant something. You could you know avoid finding a, a fake Ken Rosenthal account by just looking for the blue check mark. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean anything anymore, and so uh, that's why you should follow the accounts that you trust. And then you can actually click on it and see, oh, is this the one that I follow? That's the easiest way. And really just follow Jeff Passan. All the important news is going to come through him at some point anyway. So,
0: Yeah, I have subscriptions set up for all the main b writers, And that way, I'll get notified no matter what. When something goes down. Even if they don't actually break the news, they'll be the second to the news, if anything. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, one of those kind of in that realm, everyone has sources on Otani, even though... Realistically, nobody has sources on Otani, and they've been saying that he's down to the Cubs and the Blue Jays and the Dodgers and that the Giants are in and blah, blah, blah. You know, We don't know. Uh, We're probably not going to know until he actually signs, and that's fine with me. Um, But there are other free agents available, and we're going to talk about three of them today, the first one being Jimer Candelario, who can play both corner infield spots, first and third base. He played for the Nationals last year, hit very well, then was traded to the Cubs at the deadline. Hit not as well there, but still pretty well, and is now a free agent. He is just turned 30 years old, and MLB Trade Rumors has him projected at four years, 70 mil. So knowing all that, Jeff, uh, do we think this guy can fit on the Dodgers? Yeah, it, it-
1: kind of like what we were talking about the other day with Alex Bregman, obviously Jamer Candelario isn't quite at Alex Bregman's level. Um, but he might be a guy who only fits if the Dodgers whiff on Otani, because they, they just signed Max Muncy Muncie to an extension and Max Muncy is currently their third baseman uh, with Jason Hayward coming back. There's probably not a place at second base for Max Muncy. You know, even if, even if Gavin Lux does hold down shortstop, you know, Max Muncy is the third baseman, unless the DH spot is open, and and so Jamer Candelario probably only makes sense if the DH spot is open. But if the DH spot is open, it, I don't hate the idea. He is a, a solid hitter. He's uh, he's kind of under the radar, um, and, and, and you know he's been he hasn't been a good hitter his whole career, but basically starting in 2020, uh, he has been. You know, he had a 137 OPS plus in 2020, 121 in 2021, uh, down to 81 OPS plus in 2022, and then 119 this last year. So, three of the last four years, he's been, you know, 20% better than league average or, or better. Um, that, that one down year is a little concerning. Uh, but you know, it's his last year in Detroit. Maybe it's, you know, it's probably hard to play in Detroit sometimes when the team's no good. Uh, but, uh, you know, and he was, I assume he was hurt. He only played 124 games. So I assume he had injury issues. Maybe that affected it, but the last couple of years, you know, he's been a pretty darn good hitter. And, uh, I, I'm not convinced that he is a better hitter than Max Muncy. Uh, and so I don't think that he's a guy you just replace Muncy with and defensively, he's probably a better defensive third baseman than Muncy, but he's not a gold Glover over there either. So, you know, all in all, I think Candelario would be a decent consolation prize if they couldn't get Otani. Um, they, they better get a lot of pitchers if they don't get Otani. Uh, got got all this money of mine to spend, you know? Um, but, uh, you know, I, I like Candelario as a ball player. Uh, overall, I don't think he's likely to come to the Dodgers just because a lot of things would have to go wrong for them to turn to him. And I think there's other teams that probably – need him more and therefore value him more highly
0: yeah and you know if he could play one more position it would open him up you know easy the the corners at this point are taken and taken for the next couple years and like you said it's a contingency plan if Otani doesn't come where he makes more sense he would be a great bench piece but that'd be a very expensive bench piece considering what he's expected to get and you know, he played, he, he was a $5 million guy last year and turned himself, you know, might make himself 30, 40 mil after that. So, or or even more. So, it, it he's a switch hitter. He hits not really any hard splits. He hits pretty well from both sides. He hits pretty well overall. He makes sense uh, in in the scheme of, like you said, they don't get Otani. And considering what's available on the free agent market. Like, we I talked about Matt Chapman, and he's obviously going to cost a lot more. And realistically, you could get similar or better offensive production from Candelario for a lot cheaper where you lose out is, is on defense. But, you know, the Dodgers have had Max Muncy at their base the last two years and, and gotten by pretty well where it hasn't, you know, maybe cost them too much. Maybe one ground ball down the line uh, that maybe could have been stopped by a better defensive third baseman back in 2022 in the playoffs. But other than that, I mean, they've gotten by and done, you know, hasn't hurt them necessarily. So yeah, he, he makes sense if they don't get Otani, but yeah, I don't think other than that, he doesn't make sense at all because he plays two positions that would already taken.
1: Yeah. They'd basically just be throwing their money around and saying, Hey, this guy that you guys need, we're going to sign him instead.
0: Yeah. And I guess the one, so the Dodgers have never really done this, but you know, if it'd have to be a shorter term deal, obviously not a four year deal. If they got on like a two or three year deal signed him, and then, what for? Whatever the case, you know, got somebody else or somebody emerged. Like he's a guy you could flip kind of easily, like the National did last year. But I just never really done that, uh, or even flip after the year. Like let's just say they they get him for the year, and then they sign a big time hitter the next year that can play DH or third base or whatever, and then now you don't have a need for him anymore, so you can flip them at that time.
1: Yeah, you know, it's a possibility, but yeah, like you said, they haven't haven't done that, and uh, it's uh, it would be weird to see them. Trading, I mean, they do occasionally. They traded Ross Stripling at the trade deadline. They traded Mitch White at the trade deadline. So they do sometimes trade major leaguers, but not uh, guys who they just signed to a four-year contract.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, the next one is a pitcher that probably some people have on their list, especially considering that they uh, like the way he pitches in October. That's Jordan Montgomery. So that's who's coming up. Let's make sure to keep a lockdown on Dodgers. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel, and right now the one they got is pretty great. New customers get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet. You put down five dollars, you say who's going to win that NFL game between whoever and whoever, uh, you know, and you if you win, you get one hundred fifty dollars in bonus bets. That means one hundred fifty bucks in your account to freely bet on other things. And FanDuel doesn't just have money line bets they have spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Just last night, some people hit big on some DK Metcalf props, uh, touchdown props, and some other player props of who's going to score a touchdown in the game. So there's a lot of ways to get in with FanDuel, and you don't have to wait. You know, you can get in, become a new customer right now, put a $5 money line bet on any of the games on Sunday, and by Monday morning, you'll have $150 in bonus bets waiting for you. So go check out FanDuel right now at fanduel.com slash locked on and start your NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. And if we're not your first listen of the day every day, we appreciate it if you tried it out or at least make us part of your listen at any point of the day. Uh it's easiest to start us with your day, but you know, you can fit us in wherever we especially right now, we're not talking about games. Uh, the content is pretty evergreen, unless someone we talk about actually signs with another team. So, check us out whenever, fit us in whenever. I know that uh, we've you know can keep those Spotify wraps coming in. You guys have listened to a lot of minutes to us talking, and uh, we appreciate it as always. And uh, you know, go check us out. So, all right, Jeff uh, Jordan Montgomery is also a free agent. We know him from if you watch the postseason; he was on um, the World Series champion. Rangers, and you know he pitched pretty well for them in the postseason. Pitched pretty well for them in the regular season, and he's a guy that you know isn't a Cy Young contending ace, but he is a guy that can give you innings. He is a guy that can you know do well, and is a guy has you know at least this past year performed in the postseason. MLB trade rumors has him projected at six years, one hundred and fifty mil knowing all that let's talk about Jeremy Montgomery.
1: Yeah. Uh, if you look at his career, he's another guy who's just kind of flown under the radar and been pretty darn good. He had two bad years with the, with the Yankees, uh, injury issues, you know, 2019 and 2020, um, between those two seasons, uh, he was, he was really bad. Um, the rest of his career, he has been outstanding and he's been a starter his whole career. Uh, and just consistently puts up an ERA plus around, you know, 15 to 25% better than league average almost every year. Uh it just like you said he's not an ace. He's he has never gotten a single even down ballot Cy Young vote. Uh his the only votes he's ever gotten in postseason awards was he finished 6th in the rookie of the year voting in 2017 uh behind Cody Bellinger, no behind Aaron Judge, his teammate, he was in the American League. Um but other than that, he's just a, a unremarkable, consistent pitcher. Who, uh, other than when he was injured in New York, he he just steps up. He pitches, takes the ball pretty much every start. Like in the last three years, he has made uh, ninety four starts in the last three years. Uh, the Dodgers, what I think Clayton Kershaw led the Dodgers in starts this last year with 21, 22, yeah. something like that. Um, you know that sort of consistency, uh, and it's not—it's not Lance Lynn consistency of you know, not uh, 2023 Lance Lynn anyway. Of yeah, he'll he'll take the ball and he will be lousy, but you know he'll keep you in a ball game or whatever. Like he's got a career 368 ERA, 375 FIPs, so basically you know right in line with his performance, Uh, and that's with the two bad seasons, like the last three seasons. 348, uh, or 383, 348, 320 ERAs. Like, just that's very, very good, especially with the Dodgers offense. Like, if you come in and you put up a 320 ERA like he did last year for the Dodgers in 32 starts, you're going to win 24 games. Like, it, it's that is very good. And, uh, you know, I, Montgomery, you know, I, I do think there is that that postseason luster, and I'm I'm a little bit leery about that, especially because like he, he had a couple good games. He also had, you know, some less good games. Um, but overall, I mean, in his career, he's got a 263 ERA in the postseason. 37, 230 innings. I, I always like I do think that a small sample size, anybody can can have good numbers. I don't think it's that much different. Uh, But, you know, the fact that he has pitched well in the postseason and he's pitched well in the regular season, that's two things the Dodgers are looking for. So uh, he would look very good as somebody's uh, third or fourth starter in Los Angeles.
0: Yeah, almost all those innings came this last postseason. So that's kind of where, you know, the under the radar and now that the fact that he's no projected to make 150 mil comes a lot from what he did in the postseason. Like you said, it wasn't all great, but, you know, he came in at different spots. He came in he came into a game, he started a few games, he was, you know, able to, to do it. And the, and the Rangers won the world series. And, you know, for a guy like him, like you said, consistency, being able to go, go out and take the ball every fifth day, he doesn't have top tier stuff. He doesn't have the strikeouts. He, you know, doesn't have the, the, you know, super whip. He's just a guy that goes out there and, you know, gets outs and, and is a serviceable guy. And, and for a number, you know, for, Realistically, he's probably a number three starter in a full major league season. Uh, maybe a number two if you have a really good offense. So, and the Dodgers are, you know, should have a, a pretty good offense. So, he's a guy that, you know, if they sign him and he's the one big signing, they would need like another really good second tier guy to kind of supplement him. You know, it, it wouldn't be like Jordan Montgomery and a guy like Michael Lorenzen. It'd be like Jordan Montgomery and then like somebody else in that, I, well, I guess Blake Snell's kind of in that tier, but maybe not Blake Snell, but somebody in that type of tier that's, you know, a, a guy that's going to start a postseason game basically is what you're looking for. And, uh, you know, it, it makes sense for, for the Dodgers. He's not a top priority. Obviously they have, you know, big, big, bigger fish to fry Otani, you know, even Blake Snell, Yamamoto, you know, there's different guys, but if it gets down to it, and They're in the mix for Montgomery, or they have you know they they miss out on some guys and they have some money to throw around. Uh, I think you do a lot worse than throwing that at Jordan Montgomery,
1: yeah, for sure. And and if we're you know the the difference is he is what, what we're picturing his role in the Dodgers rotation is probably not the role that he is likely to get paid for. Like somebody is probably going to sign him to be closer to a number two starter for them. Um, and you know, obviously those are just, those are just numbers. Like there's no, there's not an actual definition of a number two starter or a number four starter or anything. It doesn't mean anything. It's just, you know, what that means is that another team probably values him more highly than the Dodgers do um, based on their needs. Kind of like we were talking about with Candelario, the, there's probably other teams that need Jordan Montgomery more than the Dodgers do, especially because like you said, the Dodgers are going after the bigger fish and if they do, I mean, if they get Yamamoto uh, and, you know, one of these other lesser guys, like we talked about, you know, Lugo or Giolito or something, at that point, like the Dodgers currently have 11 candidates for the starting pitching rotation without signing anybody, you know. And so it's not so much a matter of need as far as numbers go, quantity. It's, you know, you you never know with young guys. There's some guys who you want to – You know, they're going to want to start Landon Knack and uh, Nick Frosso and them in AAA. Uh, So there's a lot of things, but they have candidates. But you really are looking for somebody who raises the bar for the team. And Montgomery, at what he's likely to get paid, I would guess probably doesn't move the needle for the Dodgers like he might for another team
0: yeah and i the thing with a guy like him is you know if you can get him under 25 mil that'd be obviously ideal just for the you know simple fact of you don't want to pay too much for for a strong october but for every pitcher or impact position player the dodgers acquire that opens up them for like trades so like if you sign a jordan montgomery that might open up Frosso or Knack or Stone or Pepio for a trade to get somebody else that either helps you offensively or if you miss out on another pitcher, you know, another pitcher that, you know, Tyler Glasnow or somebody like that, that gives even if it's a rental, um, you know, you're able to open up some guys for it. So I think that's the other part of it with some of these second tier guys is if you sign them, you know, obviously you still want the big, the big kahuna, the big fish, if we're going to stay in the fish analogy, but you can sign one of these guys like Jordan Montgomery, and then you can open up some players to trade for the guy that's going to start game one of a playoff series.
1: Yeah. And uh, it's it's worth mentioning since I'm sure uh, I know that we usually have uh, quite a few people watching these episodes on YouTube as they're premiering and they're in the chat. I'm sure somebody is yelling at us right now uh, in that chat that Jordan Montgomery is a Scott Boris client. And so that's worth noting. Um, you know, I, I, the Dodgers can sign Boris clients. They have the capability. Uh, They don't very often. That's not because they can't. It's because, uh, like we talked about before, players choose Scott Boris when they want to maximize how much money they're going to get on their contract. And the Dodgers usually don't pay those top dollar contracts except for the elite of the elite. And so uh I do think that's another reason that I, I think Jordan Montgomery is likely to get that you know 150 million over 6 years or whatever the MLB trade rumors is projecting and if he gets that contract it's not going to be from the Dodgers. Yeah. Uh
0: you know, yeah, it I guess it depends how much they consider him in comparison to Nola. They did offer Nola 165 mil and they're somewhat comparable in numbers but obviously kind of different types of pitchers but you know, whatever. It, it, it we'll see what happens. Um, last one to talk about is a bullpen piece. We haven't really talked about too many. We talked about Josh Hader, and uh there isn't much behind that. But one of those behind that is Hector naris who we have uh fond memories of as Dodger fans for different reasons. But would he fit the Dodgers uh in the bullpen? So that's what's on taps. So make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. Want to thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen of the day. Make sure to become an everydayer by listening or watching to Locked On Dodgers every day. And if you're already on YouTube after you watch, you can check out Locked On's first ever, or not Locked ever, the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube, Locked On Sports Today. Covers the top stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus national shows covering every league. Lockdown On Sports Today on YouTube is there for you. All you have to do is subscribe, and you can watch uh, sports news all day on the first-ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. And you can also check out Locked On Sports Los Angeles. They have all the L.A. teams covered for you around the clock 24-7. All right, Jeff. So the last player we have here is a bullpen piece, and it's Hector Neris, and he was... But on the Astros the last couple of years, we remember him for giving up all those home runs on the Phillies a while back. And he's turned himself into a pretty solid to very good reliever uh, last two year's in Houston. And now he's a free agent. MLB Trade Rumors has him projected at two years, 15 mil. He is 34 years old, so a little bit on the older side. And like I said, he, he's been very solid for the Astros the last couple of years. Is this someone that could stay in the Dodgers' book?
1: Uh, Hector Narris scares me, partly because, as you mentioned, we've seen him in action with the Phillies. Uh, I know he was the pitcher for the Absolute Madness game when he gave up the three straight homers in the ninth inning. I feel like there was another big – oh, oh that rainy game in Philadelphia when he uh, f- either intentionally or unintentionally threw at Dodgers hitters and uh, all yeah. sorts of – I think there was drama that game about Matt Beatty accidentally – Kicking Reese Hoskins or whoever's yeah. playing first base for the Phillies. Anyway, um, Hector Naris has has been in some big games, and the big games we've seen him in, he hasn't always performed that well. Uh, he was excellent last year, but if you look at his underlying numbers, he wasn't like his walk rate was up, his strikeout rate was down, his ERA was one seventy one, his FIP was three eighty three, like uh, middle of the pack for his career, and you know definitely worse than it's worse than his career average FIP last year uh, even though he had the best era of his career last year so when you you combine 34 years old and you know, like i think i saw on trade rumors he uh he lost speed on his fastball lost uh his ground ball rate went down uh, but he stranded over 90 of base runners i would not want to bet very much on a guy repeating that at age 35, uh, stranding almost everybody who gets on base. Uh, and, and so I think that is why he's only projected to make two years, 15 million bucks. That is a low contract for a guy coming off a, a 171 ERA, even for a relief pitcher. Uh, but for me, uh, I, I would guess that the Dodgers currently have, uh, at least three or four guys who are going to be better than Naris next year. Um, maybe even more than that out of the bullpen. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I, I'm still hoping that Ryan Brazier comes back. Uh, but, you know, Evan Phillips, obviously, Bruce uh those hopefully guys. Blake hopefully Blake Trinan. Hopefully Blake Trinan. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know that Hector Narris uh, again, I, I don't doubt that he's going to get that payday from somebody. Um, but when, when you look at, even though the Dodgers, they're, everybody needs relievers you always need relievers um but if we were ranking the most likely relievers to sign with the Dodgers is offseason I'd put naris pretty low down on the list because I do think he's going to have quite a regression next year and I think the Dodgers aren't generally the team the kind of team that pays for relievers regressions
0: yeah I mean obviously the it, it, he pitched a little bit out of his mind last year i mean even in the postseason a couple of times he he got Oh, it's, it's a combination of luck and, you know, executing to maybe what you want to do, whatever the case is. But for him, you know, if, if you put it to me this way, if you put two years 15 mil on the table and you have Hector Naris on one side and you have Joe Kelly on one side, I'm going to go with Joe Kelly, even though, you know, he's probably a little bit more erratic, but he has the way better stuff. And I'm going to I'm gonna count on stuff. Bet on when stuff. It, yeah, I'm going to bet on stuff when it comes down to it. And that's kind of where I'm at with Naris. Like you said, he, he, he's not going to be, you know, if it was seven and a half million dollars, that's not going to break the bank for the Dodgers. They've paid guys more to not pitch for the team. Uh, but if you're going to fill out the bullpen, you need you know the guys that are going to pitch the later part of the innings, you're not pitching for a middle relief. And you know, when it comes to Naris, he would be a guy that doesn't surpass Phillips, doesn't surpass Gratterall. You know, a healthy Blake trying if he throws like he did when if he can, doesn't surpass him. And then if anyone kicks down, you know. Michael Grove, I can see kicking down to the bullpen and being a pretty solid guy. You know, I don't know if he would be better than him. He wouldn't have better stuff than him. So yeah, I don't, I don't it it wouldn't make sense unless it's super cheap. And I don't see him being super cheap because people are probably gonna overpay for, you know, what he did last year. I mean, he does have you look at at the very least, you look at, you know, base baseball Savant Page, and there is a lot of red on there, you know, expected batting average 95th percentile average exit velocity 91st percentile hard hit percentage 98th percentile chase width, strikeout percentage all in the 70 high 70s low 80s so it's not like he has bad peripherals but you know he just doesn't strike out as much as he used strike out as many guys used to did lose some velocity and you know when you're betting on a reliever that's getting older like said, like I said, Joe Kelly and Hector Neris are, are pretty similar in that comparison of getting older. I'm a bet with the guy that throws 100 rather than the guy that throws mid-90s.
1: Yeah, for sure. It was kind of interesting when we were looking at the uh, the Athletic, had an article the other day of the, the top 100 remaining free agents, uh, and they're ranked. And uh, I didn't realize at first, they're just ranked strictly by their war last year. Uh, and so Neris is actually one spot ahead of Josh Hader on this list. Cause there's had 2.5 war hater had 2.4. Both of those are very good numbers for relief pitchers. You generally anything over one is very good for a relief pitcher. So, uh, but you know, I was like, wait, who, who would, I, I don't think there's anybody who would take Neres over, over Hader. Uh, no matter how you're, what you're factoring in Hader, hater. I'm a little surprised. I guess Neres must've pitched more innings than Hader last year to, uh, to get the Neres had 68 and a third innings. Um, I'm not sure how you get that much higher war, uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, when you're looking at relief pitchers, like it's such a fraught position in free agency anyway, because relievers are so volatile. We saw even just with the Dodgers, uh, um, Yancey Almonte was awesome in 2022. And then last year he was lousy and you know, the, the Dodgers got Evan Phillips because he was lousy for three different teams. And now he's great for them. Uh, so there, there's so much inconsistency and uncertainty there that, uh, you know, it would have to be a guy like Hader who has proven that he, over the years, over several years, he has consistently been awesome. Uh, that's the only kind of reliever I could see the Dodgers really making a big splash of rage. Obviously, they're going to sign free, uh, relievers as free agents, but... not going to make big splashes for for the big names they're generally going to let the other guys uh pay for those guys and and most of the time you come out ahead if you let somebody else pay the big money to the relievers and you pick up the bargain bins you usually come out ahead
0: you think there's extra value to any relievers that had a good year last year knowing that a lot of guys did struggle with the pitch clock like knowing that OK, he did like or is it are you bound, you know, counting on guys that did struggle last year to maybe bounce back, having maybe a full off season knowing, OK, I know what I need to work on is a pitch count or a pitch club.
1: I could see both of those things. I, I'd be more inclined to the second one, um, guys making the adjustments. But I do think if there was somebody I, I, I don't think specifically Hector Neris yeah, fits yeah. that bill, um, because like I do think he was mostly smoking mirrors last year. Uh, I don't think he was actually as successful as his ERA says he was. Um, but you know, yeah, I, I think that guys who prove they can pitch, uh, you know, we, we always I, I remember when we we talked about when they first announced the pitch clock, we we're like, how is Kenley Jansen even gonna survive? Um and, and he did fine, you know. Uh he made adjustments. Um, but I I wonder, yeah, you know, if uh Bruce Dark Gratterall, if his awesome season had to do with him being more naturally equipped to uh pitch with the pitch clock um you know a lot a lot of different things because he's just kind of a get it and throw it kind of guy um but yeah and, and no. when i look at the list of pitchers especially relievers uh currently available none of them jump out as at me as oh this guy proved something last year and, and he's a guy the dodgers should go after true
0: yeah i mean i'm sure there's teams out there considering the different sides of it and i'm sure the dodgers are looking like, you know, on the second part of it like you said the bounce back, but guys more so than guys that actually perform because they don't need too much in the like, like, they need relievers, but they don't need, you know, based on what's out there, they don't need much uh, from what's out there other than guys that they can, you know, see different things in. Yep. So, all right, Jeff, uh, heading out for the weekend. You got anything else? Uh,
1: no, I, I'm excited. The winter meetings are coming up soon. Uh, we're gonna start seeing. Uh, we're gonna start seeing signings and, and trades, and the hot stove is gonna heat up real quick. And uh, I'm excited for it. It's gonna be fun to see what the Dodgers do. Hopefully, this is gonna be a little bit different than last year for the Dodgers. Last year, the Dodgers mostly sat on the sidelines while everybody else made the big signings. I think the Dodgers are gonna be big players this year.
0: Yeah, let's hope so. I remember last year, us just at the winter meeting, seeing each other, and then oh man, 300 mil for trade or 280 for Bogarts, and uh, being surprised at that this year now we're expecting it to be the Dodgers and not necessarily being surprised at the money. I don't think I think we know where the money's at for the most part on a lot of these guys. So, yep. that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen. Becoming every day or by listening every day. Make it easy on yourself by subscribing wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. All you got to do is search for Lockdown Dodgers. Remember, 24-7 streaming channel is on YouTube, provided by Locked On, Locked On Sports Today, covering the top sports stories of the day, all day long, all night long. Also, Locked On Sports Los Angeles for all the LA news that you need from sports. You can find us wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube. You can find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Dodgers. You can find Jeff on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vincent's 91. You can DM either of us for questions, comments, or concerns, topics, anything of that nature. You can also send those via email at lockdowndodgers at gmail.com or via voicemail text at 323 863 5625. We're here every weekday morning and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car, if you're at home, text my device play podcast, Lockdown Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree, you just have to listen. Have a
1: good one. We'll talk to you on Monday.